0: Welcome, everybody. It's another day of the week here in America. It's a Thursday. And you know what Thursday means. It means Derek, the man, the check casher, the neck snapper, your Uncle Tom, he's back to give it to you. Welcome, Derek. Here's Uncle Tom Talks.
1: I am that man. Snapping necks. Cash and checks. Derek Overton, Uncle Tom talks. It is a Thursday, and I am the most blessed. I tell you, I just leave. I lead an incredible life. I do. I just. I am. I have everything I need. Most of what I want. An incredible family. I live in a beautiful home in a beautiful city in the most amazing nation on earth. Got its problems, to be sure. But you know i'll tell you something patriots the the pendulum swings right it swings left it comes back and swings right and the further it swings left the further the backswing to the right becomes and because people get a look at what happens when you have committed leftist leadership and they show up and vote these people out so take heart Uncle Tom talks. So I'll tell you what I'm not going to do today. I'm not going to talk about Russia, Ukraine, everyone and their brothers talking about that. If you monitor the web, if you're looking at news sites, if you're watching podcasts and what have you, that's what everyone's talking about. You don't need my opinion on it, frankly, if I don't even have an opinion on it. Um, I'll give you two minutes and and move on. Uh, Putin is KGB. It's just that simple. John McCain called him out. Trump actually is sending out some really interesting uh, a social media post today, they said that Trump is going to start World War III. It's taken Biden 400 days, uh, but Putin is KGB. Uh, Putin has dreams of grandeur of restoring the former Soviet Union, and my question becomes: you know, At what point, how interventionist should the United States be? I mean, clearly, Putin. He's not going to be pushed around by joe biden there's nothing joe biden can say or do to him that he cares right, this is literally this is a literally obama drawing a, a line in the sand remember obama put down a red line on iran and said if they cross it and then they crossed it and he said well actually i didn't put down a red line he said the world put down a red line this is even worse i mean putin couldn't care less about biden He literally couldn't possibly care any less so, my question is from the United States' point of view Ukraine is a nation that really holds no strategic interest for the United States. It really doesn't. I mean, we, we don't have a whole lot going on there, don't really get a lot from Ukraine, don't really give a lot to Ukraine. Uh, loss of life and limb of innocent civilians, of course, not that that's horrible, uh, but it was not our responsibility. So, if Putin has illusions of grandeur, if Putin has a desire to reconstruct the Soviet Union, the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, which for some reason we can't see what happened to that socialist state and, and understand where this always ends. So once he finishes Ukraine, he's going to annex all or a part of Ukraine back into Russia. Then he probably might turn his sights on some of the little stands, some of the stand nations of Eastern Europe, Kazakhstan, uh, Turkmenistan. Now, there's several little stands right there. Uh, he may want to get a piece of those and pull them back in and start trying to put this thing back together. Let's assume that's what he wants to do. Why do I care? Now, again, I don't want to see people suffer. I don't want to see people getting shelled and bombed and what have you. I don't want to see that. Nobody wants to see that. But I also don't want my son, a pilot in the United States Air Force, or any of the rest of our fighting men and women, risking life and limb, to try to stop Vladimir Putin from annexing all or a part of Tajikistan Turkmenistan Kaz Kaz Constantinople uh, Istanbul uh Califragilistic califragilisticexpialidocious I mean all these other little countries over there do we really need to invest time effort resources and american blood to prevent him from walking into neighboring countries when those countries have literally no strategic interests in terms of the standing of the United States of America. None. Zero. I I really don't think that we do, but that's up for debate. However, point was, you're getting that from every other news source on the web. I'm not going to spend all my night talking about that tonight. We're going to go another direction and talk. It's only racist when you do it. Now, this is a topic I'm the number of examples that I could pull and sit here and show video clips or memes or whatever is 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 limitless. We could literally do nothing else between now and midnight mountain time and I wouldn't get through them all. So. Racism, here's what I, you may have seen my District 49 school board speech uh, last year, it, it made Internet. Headlines, chances are very good you've seen it. What I said in that thing drove liberals crazy. I said several things that drove them crazy. But one of the things that I said, this is concerning the introduction of critical race theory into our schools. I said, introducing CRT into our schools is not combating racism. It's fanning the flames of what little racism is left. That's what I said, and I stand by it from now until the cows come home. The only people in this country who are absorbed, obsessed with racism are liberals. Find it and see it everywhere. And I've been doing a lot of TV lately on Fox Soul. If you don't know, Fox News has a programming for the black audience. It's called Fox Soul. And I've been on Fox Soul as a guest uh, Three times, I think, in the last three weeks on a show called The Business of Being Black. And it's always me against three or four or five liberals who all they do is find racism in everything. And in life, you tend to find that which you seek. Right. So if you believe there's racism in everything that every all institutions are racist, that America is fundamentally racist, that white supremacists are everywhere. they're hiding behind every blade of grass. Black people can't get it can't get a break. Everything is everything and anything is stacked against us. It's just racism, racism, racism. If that's what you believe, if that's what you invest your time into looking for, then guess what you're gonna find. right? People like Maxine Waters and others, they find racism everywhere because they look for racism everywhere. I don't invest my time into looking for racism. I look for beauty, grace, blessings, reasons to appreciate where I am and what I have. And so guess what I find? You find what you seek. And the the funny thing about liberals is from their perspective, the racism hunt only runs one direction, right? They never look at themselves where most of the racism in this country can be found is far to the left of center. They sit and project to the right that which they themselves do. Some of it is policy-based. Listen, the whole idea, so if, if in order to get into a university, a university has an 800-point admit admittance system okay so you need at least 800 points to be admitted into this university and a portion of that 800 points i mean 50 of it is your your college entrance exam test scores your act your SCT. a portion of it is your grades in high school a portion of it is how much time you invested into community service you know whatever You, you you put all this together it adds up you know your your test score gives you 390 points your college grade, uh, high school grades, and the classes you took gives you another 100 points. And all that adds up to 800, you're admittable. Now, to take that line, 800, and say, if you are black or if you are from an ethnic minority group, that's good for 50 points automatically. So, in other words, you don't need 800, you only need 750, whereas everybody else needs 800. That's racist. See, they don't see it that way. They don't believe that. They can't see the fact that they themselves are the ones purveying acts that are inherently racist. They can't see it. They don't see it. And they look for it everywhere else by pointing the finger at mostly conservatives. And conservatives around the country are starting to push back. White conservatives are starting to say, you know, enough's enough. Okay, hey, enough's enough with this racism, racism, racism stuff. We're seeing this in the U.S. Senate with the Biden appointees. Every single one of them, well, not every single one of them, but a large majority of them are ethnic minority and or women, or they are both ethnic minority and woman and female. And when they get put on the hot seat, it's because the senators that are questioning them are racists, are sexists, are misogynists. That's that, That's why. It's not because they wanna get to the bottom of their core ideology. It's not because they wanna examine what they actually wrote in their college papers. No, that has anything to do with it. They're just a bunch of racists. And they're starting to push back and say, you know what, enough is enough with this nonsense. It's happening at school boards across this country. It's happening in the halls of Senate. It's happening everywhere. And I couldn't applaud it more because what happens is people cower, right? If you're a white and you're not a racist, The worst thing someone could do was call you a racist, right? That shuts you down right then and there. Listen, if you are a racist, you don't mind being called one. Why would you? Yeah, I don't like those people. Okay, but if you're not a racist and someone calls you a racist, that's the worst thing they can do because it it pushes you right into a corner where you you can't even defend yourself. Then you're stuck with things like, well, you know, I've got plenty of black friends and, you know, I, I don't have a racist bone in my body and it's just a war of words you can't win. And so you're stuck when the fact of the matter is racism in America. Here's something else I said. I said racism in America would by and large be dead today if it were not for certain people and institutions keeping it on life support. And that's the truth. The the KKK, the, the, the white supremacist groups that they think are on the rise and are taking over and they now own Birmingham, Alabama and all this stuff. It's just not true is just plain malarkey. The KKK, the Ku Klux Klan, today's Ku Klux Klan 2022, they themselves claim a membership of about seven to 10,000 people. That's it, seven to 10,000 people. There isn't enough people card-carrying, registered members of the KKK. There isn't enough people in the KKK to fill up the basketball arena at your local junior college. there's completely They are completely insignificant. Never before in history has a more insignificant group of people been given more credit for doing absolutely nothing than the KKK. You hear the KKK, there's still a talking point of the left and of the Maxine Waters of this country. They bring up the KKK. When's the last time the KKK did anything of note? When's the last time the KKK burned a cross in someone's yard? When's the last time the KKK lynched somebody? So if they get together in their little racist hate groups and have racist Bible studies in their basement every Tuesday night, or what have you. Listen, that doesn't affect me. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not happy about it. I don't want them to be racist. That's a cancer on your spirit. That's a cancer on your soul. It's eating you from the inside out, and I pray you get delivered from that cancer. But they aren't doing anything to me having a KKK meeting in their living room Tuesday night in Birmingham, there's almost none of these people in the country. Yet, if you hear the left, racism is, is... is We're going back to Jim Crow. Joe Biden says they want to put y'all back in chains. Now, he's not talking about the KKK. He's talking about all Republicans, because that's what they believe. Well, there was a Republican legislator. Oh, wait a minute. Before I get there, I would be remiss if I did not give credit where credit is due. I'm just the beauty and the muscle, baby, okay? I'm Vanna. I would not even be here, and you wouldn't be watching if it were not for the man who sits there pulling the levers and pushing the buttons to make Uncle Tom talk happen. And that man's name is Apollo Creed. Apollo now, Creed. There he is. There's the Dancing Destroyer. There is a legislator, I believe this is in the state of Virginia, and I want to show you, he gave a, a very a three-minute long speech on the floor of the Virginia House, basically saying, you know what, I've had enough. We've all had enough. This cut, this is cut number one, heavyweight champion. Um, this is titled, I didn't title it, it's titled Not This Time. So this is a legislator. I don't know his name. We'll see his name in a couple of seconds. The Democrats, and especially the black Democrats on the in, uh, in, in the in the House of Representatives in Virginia, have done to the Republicans in that same house what they do to Republicans everywhere. If you don't agree with our legislative ideas, if you don't want to vote for this, whatever this is, the reason you disagree with us, is because you're a racist. So they're trying to do what I said a few minutes ago is the worst thing you can do to somebody who isn't a racist. Call them one, and that shuts them down. Where do you go from there? Other than, no, I'm not. And this man said, you know what? I played that game with you people for the last time. We're done here. Not this time. Cut
0: number one. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Um, I, I was asked by a colleague of mine on the other side of aisle, someone I actually deeply respect, and she asked me, uh, was I going to be nice this session? And I, I thought it was an interesting question. I don't particularly think of myself as a, uh, an unnice person, but I can see how sometimes people would see that differently. But you know what I've never done, Mr. Speaker? I've never got on this floor, and I've challenged the faith of an elected official because I disagreed with them on policy. I've never gone on this floor, Mr. Speaker, and suggested that the other side of the aisle were racist because they didn't agree with my particular policy positions. I've never suggested they were sexist because they didn't agree with my particular policy positions. But I'm keeping a running tally so far of this session. We're not very far into it. And almost every day, almost every day, someone on the other side of the aisle either gets up and either subtly or comes right out and suggests That if you don't agree with them on policy, well, then you're not a Christian. You're a sexist. You're a bigot. You're a racist. But the moment someone actually stands up and says, wait a second, no, I'm not going to accept that. If you want to debate me on the merits of our particular policies, I am happy to have that discussion. But the moment you claim with no evidence other than we don't agree on a particular policy position. The moment you claim that that makes us racist or sexist or bigoted, Mr. Speaker, I've got news. This was tried during the election cycle. You had a lot of parents coming to their local elected officials, asking questions about what was going on in their schools. And the initial response was, oh, it's not there. And then when they saw evidence that it was based off of what their kids were coming home and saying to them, and they went back and reissued the concern. Then they got told, oh, well then you must be a racist. Because that has been the repeated narrative coming from certain members of the other side of the aisle. And there's been a lot of times where we've sat here politely and just took it. Mr. Speaker, not this time. I'm tired of it. My constituents are tired of it. Because when these claims are made, they're not just made against Governor Youngkin. They're not just made against us. They're made in part against the people that elected to send us here. And I don't know a single person in this chamber that I would define as racist or sexist or bigoted. We have very different ideas about how to get to particular in states where all Virginians can be happy, healthy, prosperous, and free. But just so I'm very clear, will I be nice this session? I would certainly like to be, but I'm not about to sit here and listen to that, Mr. Speaker. And then go home to my constituents and have them ask me, why didn't you stand up and defend us? So let's have a robust policy discussion. But if you're going to question the faith of the intentions of anybody that happens to disagree with you on policy, then you don't get to lecture us on compassion, tolerance, or an open debate. Thank you, Mr. Speaker.
1: Bingo. Bingo. But you know... I wish they had a camera on the Democrats, especially the black Democrats in the chamber, as he was delivering that speech, because I can tell you what their countenance was. They looked the exact same way the Congressional Black Caucus looked during Trump's second State of the Union address when he announced that African-American unemployment is at the lowest it's ever been measured in the United States. Remember that? Lowest in history. Everyone had a job. Average wages in the black community, highest ever recorded. Average household net worth in the black community, highest ever recorded. Workforce participation in the black community, highest ever recorded. Unemployment in the black community, lowest ever recorded. You remember how the members of the Congressional Black Caucus looked? Sat on their hands and frowned and shook their heads like this. That's how the people would have looked in the chamber had you seen them, when he simply got up there and said, us disagreeing doesn't make me a racist. It just means that you have such weak ideas that the best you can do to combat my ideas is to call me a name, is to label me something that you know will hurt me. And he made a really good point. Look, if I'm a racist, the people who voted for me knew who I was, that makes them racist too. So you're calling all of my constituents, or at least all the constituents in my district who voted for me racists as well, by association, guilt by association. Knock it off. It isn't helping. These are the people who constantly claim how they want to heal America. They want to get past the divisiveness. I was on a show Yesterday, yesterday, day before yesterday, well, recently. Great show on the Fox Soul, Business of Being Black uh, on Fox Soul. And I would recommend you watch it. I I don't have any problems with the show at all. Some of the panelists are my opposite in terms of ideological belief, but that's what Fox does, right? They get people from both sides and hey, let's talk it out. And there are no shortage of people in this country who simply believe that everything in America is racist, everything. I just don't believe that. That's not my experience. I live inside of my own skin. I have never, ever, in my life, walked into a restaurant and had someone tell me, sorry, boy, we don't serve your kind here, get out. It's never happened to me. Happened to my dad. And I'm not claiming that it hasn't ever happened to anybody alive in America today. I'm just saying it's never happened to me. I've never ha- I've never gotten out of my car in any city in the country, and I've been in a lot of them, either my own car or a rental car, and had somebody walk by on the sidewalk and say, you know, how does a nigger get a car like that? That's never happened to me. Yet there are people who believe that happens literally every minute of every day in every city across the country. And it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. If that's what you believe is the truth, that becomes your truth, whether it's happening or not. But i tell you, where it is happening, let's get ready with cut number two, uh, heavyweight champ, where it is happening is in the corridors that liberals will completely forgive, ignore, look the other way, refuse to acknowledge. So, Ralph Northam, the now-defeated former governor of Virginia. We all know Ralph Northam and his blackface antics and KKK outfit. And this wasn't when he was a little kid. This is, this, is, this, this, this happened when he was in college. I mean, he was a, a knowing adult. I believe he was in grad school. So, he was probably 24, 25 years old. That's okay. Justin Trudeau, same thing. Da, nah, we'll give him a pass. This happens all the time. And the new mayor of New York City. Eric Adams, there's a video that has surfaced of Eric Adams speaking, I'm not sure who he is speaking before, but it's a black audience, maybe some chamber of commerce type group, I don't know. But this is during the campaigns, this is during the run-up to the New York mayoral election, which he won. He's now the sitting candidate, the sitting mayor. But candidate Adams was making the rounds, firing up the base, which is really a waste of his time going to speak to blacks because we're all going to vote for him in New York City anyway. Probably 92, 94% are going to vote for the Democrat. Well, actually, I just, that's not true because it's a open race. There, there's more than one Democrat on the ticket, so what I just said isn't, isn't true. Uh, he's trying to get the blacks to vote for, make him the Democrat they vote for, not another. And this is a minute-and-a-half-long clip Creed, uh, be ready at the button, because I can tell you right now I'm going to stop this a couple of places and ask you to back it up and replay it. But this is what then candidate, now mayor of New York City had to say.
2: Every day in the police department, I kicked those crackers' ass, man. I was unbelievable in the police department when you keep one of the black law right Okay, right
1: Sergeant. Hold it right there. Okay. So let's get over the narcissism of I was unbelievable. I mean, all right, he's, he's pumping as he's yanking his own chain. Fine. I kicked those crackers' ass. Needless to say, if this is a white candidate for the mayor of Hackensack, for the mayor of Peoria, not even New York City, if this is the mayor, a, a white candidate running as a Republican, to become the mayor of East Bumbletoe, Kentucky. And he gets up in front of a room of white people. And he says, you know, when I we, we've got a, a, a lot of black folks in the police department here. And when I worked in that police department, I kicked those coons' ass. Imagine that. East Bumbletoe, Kentucky. He says, he calls blacks coons. Said, I kicked those coons' ass. That's on CNN, MSNBC, NBC, ABC, CBS. He is issuing an apology and a retraction and is withdrawing from the race within 24 hours. That's instant news all over the country. No question about it. Trying to become the mayor of a city of 600 people in central Kentucky and referred to blacks as coons. He's gone. He's over. There's news, there's news trucks outside his campaign headquarters. The minute he or anybody who works on his campaign steps outside, they're shoving a camera in their face, and this is news. Everyone knows about it. Here's a man trying to become the mayor of the largest city in America. Referring to the white police officers in the New York Police Department, a very different as crackers. Which, by the way, do you know where crackers comes from? A lot of people don't know, crackers uh, was a reference made by slaves in the slave days to the white overseers who had whips. They crack the whip, right? They'd crack it. Crackers. That's where that comes from. So he refers to the white police officers in the NYPD as crackers. I'd say the chances are very good you just heard this for the very first time in your life this didn't make cnn this didn't make the new york times chances are very good you didn't even know this is how he's talking to people that he wants to vote for him okay uh creed i can tell you right now i'm going to stop it again here in about five or ten seconds because now he goes someplace that's even more fascinating roll it and
2: the captain you know the story, some people all of a sudden trying to reinvent me, but the reality is what I was then is who I am now. I'm called again. So so interesting, I'm coming right after the sister talking about um, uh, cannabis. I would rather wear white all day, grow a beard, smoke some weed, and leave this stuff alone.
1: <laughs> oh, you hear me? Oh, okay, I would rather wear white all day, grow a beard, smoke some weed and leave this stuff alone. This stuff referring to campaigning and being a candidate for the mayor for the mayor the office of mayor. I'd rather wear white all day. I'm frankly not even sure what that means. I may just be ignorant. I am ignorant. I don't know what that means. I'd rather wear white all day, grow a beard, smoke some weed and leave this alone. And the audience applauds. Naturally, because as I covered in the last Uncle Tom Talks on Tuesday night, liberals are all about not just cannabis, not just marijuana, they're all about legalizing all drugs, so they're in favor of So the man who wants to be mayor is standing there telling the gathered audience that he'd rather just be home smoking weed. But I'm called to do this, and they applaud. How long ago was it in America when if a candidate for a major office a minor office let alone a major office and being the mayor of New York City is a major deal. Okay, this is this is this is this isn't just another mayoral position, right? Being okay, how, how long ago was it with the candidate for office wouldn't even consider jokingly saying I'd rather be home smoking weed, let alone saying it seriously. 10 years ago 12 5 I don't know. They wouldn't even consider saying that in front of publicly and you know, with cameras rolling. I'd rather be home smoking weed. This is where we are in America. Okay, Creed, we're going to do it uh, top to bottom. It's about a minute and a half everybody. I'm going to have the the heavyweight champion of the world rule the whole thing start to finish, uh, back it up and let's do it, Creed.
2: Every day in the police department, I kicked those crackers' ass, man. I was unbelievable in the police department when he just went under black in law enforcement. Came a sergeant, a lieutenant, and the captain. You know the story. Some people all of a sudden trying to reinvent me, but the reality is what I was then is who I am now. I'm called again. So it's so interesting. I'm coming right after the sister talking about um, uh, cannabis. I would rather wear white all day, grow a beard, smoke some weed, and leave this stuff alone. <laughs> you hear me? Man, right. yeah, these Negroes, boy, these Negroes that wake up every day and don't like themselves, yeah. they're gonna beat me up. Yep. The people who say where's our real black leaders, they gonna say, listen, who's Eric? You know, why does Eric think he should be mayor? Well, negro, you run, <laughs> you run. Go raise $7 million. You know, go do this hits. Let me tell you something, man. They are lining up. Eric can't be mayor. In the corners of the city, they are lining up. They know me. They know what I'm about. And they know what I'm going to do as the mayor of the city of New York. Listen, we're not going to play this game. We're we're taking 30% off the top of MWBEs not saying give it to a majority company to pass through. No, we're gonna take the 30% off the top. Y'all have your 70%, the 30% is going to go straight to the women and minority old business. Now let me-
1: So what he's talking about at the end is New York City contracting. He is going to implement a policy where 30% of all business done with the city is contracted to minority and women-owned businesses. So roll right back to skin color is really what matters. If you have a white business and you're qualified and perfectly able to do, to repair potholes or whatever, uh, you're out, that's going to a black-owned business. And a debate could be had whether or not that's justice. Uh, I'm not gonna have that debate now, but that's what he's talking about. But he's talking about crackers and negroes. And he mentioned in there, if you're listening carefully, raising $7 million or $9 million or whatever he needs to win this campaign. And what I can't stand about these people is how two-faced they are. They have two different personalities. So he's right. He needs to raise, I think he said $7 million, but I might be wrong, a lot of money to, to win a campaign and become mayor of New York City. you, you got you to raise some money. You do that by meeting with the check writers. Okay, New York City is home to... I believe the most recent count is something like 29 billionaires. Uh, I may be wrong, but it's in that neighborhood. You know, there's some very, very wealthy people in New York City. They choose New York City for a very good reason. When you're running for a major office, you meet these people. They're kingmakers. You've got to get in front of them, give speeches, get them to write checks to support your campaign. You can't raise that kind of money with 10 and $20 contributions at a time. Well, you can, but not in a very compacted period of time like, A mayoral race. You need to raise that money quick. So you're talking and giving speeches to people who can write checks for, with zeros in them. And how much you want to bet? When he's talking in front of those check writers, he's not using crackers and negroes. Okay, his language and his speech and his presentation completely changes in front of those people. It's like Hillary Clinton. And I ain't no ways tired when she's in the black church in her campaign. I should have had that queued up, but you've all seen it. In a black church, out there on the stage, she's the only white face in the place, except maybe her staffers, and talking about, I ain't no ways tired. He ain't brought me this far to leave me now. Well, when Hillary is with her friends and neighbors at their estate in Chappaqua, Or at their mansion in Georgetown how often do you think she says no ways tired with those people see here's the thing with me I'm the same all day every day I'm the same with my black friends I'm the same with my black enemies as with my white as with my family as with my friends I'm the same everywhere I can I can throw Ebonics on I can throw an inner-city dialect on and talk like I'm from the hood. I can do that. I have that capability. I never do. Why would I? Why would I ever be someone other than who I am? But these people, they're chameleons. In front of black folk, I'm just one of y'all. Like, that's how we talk. In front of white donors, completely different story. And they can use terms like crackers and negroes, negroes, with impunity. New York Times, going to give him a pass. Washington Post, going to give him a pass. But take that exact same racist rhetoric and have it coming out of Ted Cruz's mouth. The calls for his resignation, instant. Joy Reid has a conniption on TV. Why? Because it's only racist when you... Do it. We end Uncle Tom Talks every show, well, most every show, with the gaming sensation that is sweeping the Internet, real fake headlines. Creed, let's do it. Let's get some real fake headlines going and see if we can give away. Uh, I don't know what we're going to give away today. I'll think about what the prize is. But if you've never watched Uncle Tom Talks or if you've ever made it this far, real fake headlines is a very simple game. We are going to show you four headlines of the four, three are real, one is a fake. I made it up right off the top, right out of my coconut. All you have to do is figure out the fake. Okay, so we're going to give them to you rapid fire, one, two, three, four. We'll show them to you a couple of times. And then when you think you know the fake, you have access to a chat dialogue somehow. In your chat dialogue, just type the number one, two, or four to tell the former two-time heavyweight champion of the world, Apollo Creed, which one you think is fake. Here we go. Where are my headlines? Here we go. Okay, Creed, let's go with headline number one. Headline number one, liberal restaurant cancels event with pro-life Democrats after learning they oppose abortion. So they're really, they really <laughs> pro-life Democrats, if there are any. Uh, restaurant said, we'd rather not have your money. We'll go broke. Go woke. Go broke. Headline number two. <laughs> Speaking of Ukraine, Biden says one thing, Harris another in botched White House Ukraine response. Uh, you determine if that's believable or not <laughs> based on the performance of this White House. Headline number three. Facebook, daily active users fall for the first time in its 18-year history. Is Facebook on the daily use decline? And headline number four, leaked emails from L.A. Mayor's top aide, Rip, quote, annoying BLM and, quote, effing lefty priorities. Of course, this aide didn't use effing. Because these are liberals and they can scarcely get through a sentence without dropping an F-bomb into it. Okay, there's our four headlines. We're going to give them to you one more time. Get ready. Headline number one. Liberal restaurant cancels event with pro-life Democrats after learning they oppose abortion. Is that true or false? If you think it's false, put number one in the chat. Headline number two. Biden says one thing, Harris another, in botched White House Ukraine response. (laughs) Headline number three, Facebook daily active users fall for the first time in 18-year history. And headline number four, leaked emails from L.A. mayor's top aide, Rip. Annoying BLM and effing lefty priorities. There's your four options. The heavyweight champ is gonna keep an eye on the chat room for another couple seconds here. Uh, it's a it's the the way I have to do the show is I can't I don't actually watch the show live myself because watching it and doing it sucks down so much bandwidth that I got a lot of pixelation going on and I look like Max Headroom. If you're old enough to remember Max Headroom. So I can't actually watch the show; hence, I can't see the chat. But he didn't make millions of dollars breaking guys' jaws in the ring to not learn how to read a chat dialogue. Mister Wilburn, we got mostly twos and fours. Uh, yes, mostly yes. twos and fours. Okay. Yeah, no ones or threes. Yeah, it's all ones. Uh, it's all twos and fours. Definitely. I think twos I think and fours. <laughs> I don't know if they have or not. Uh, we're, 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 you know, don't give it away, man. There might be some people that haven't voted yet, and uh, I don't want them to win my Bugatti. Oh, is that
2: what you're giving away okay. today? The Bugatti?
1: I'm giving away your Bugatti <laughs> bicycle, that is. Okay. Here we go. So we've got twos and fours. I tell you what, we're going to do them in reverse order today. So let's put up headline number four before the image. Let's get everybody a reminder what headline number four is. Sounds like it got a few votes. I'm putting you to the test, Creed. See, I'm throwing you curveballs. Leaked emails from LA Mayor's top aide rip annoying BLM and effing lefty priorities. Let's see image number three. If you voted for four, you are not a winner. This is true. BizPack Review emails by former aide who disparaged Black Lives Matter activists have put out Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcia defensive following a report that, it, that isn't likely to sit well with the woke mob that ruthlessly polices ideological conformity on the left. In the 2016 email to the Office of Immigrant Affairs, Guerrero, this is the aide, wrote, quote, I'm getting annoyed by all the lefties who are making that effing issue of the day. Not as annoying as BLM, but getting close, close quote. And it went on from there. So even the left knows, okay, Eric Garcetti Easily one of the five most liberal mayors in the country is only going to have liberals working on his staff. So, this aide is clearly a lefty. And even this is your proof that even the left knows they just won't admit it publicly. They can't that Black Lives Matter and Antifa and these maniacs running around, burning, robbing, shooting, looting, doing what they've been doing in our country are a detriment are a pestilence, are a a pain in the neck that nobody needs. They're doing more harm than good. They aren't doing any good at all. So you can only be doing harm. Even the left knows. It just so happens that these emails that were supposed to be confidential got leaked. Okay, let's jump to headline number one. Let's show them number one one more time. No votes for one? Nobody bought it? No one bought it. No, sir. All right, let's show it to them. This is the restaurant, Liberal Restaurant Cancels Event with Pro-Life Democrats After Learning They Oppose Abortion. And we have an image to go with this headline. This is true. Go woke, go broke. So this this is the Washington Free Beacon. Restaurant, self-proclaimed ownership, self-proclaimed liberals, progressives, whatever. We'd be glad to host your event, Democrat organization. Come on, bring your people here. We'll make you some of the best chicken parmesan you've ever had. And then someone gets a look at what this group of Democrats believes. I don't know how it happened. Looked at their Facebook, looked at their website, whatever, and found out that this particular group of Democrats believes that life in the womb is deserving of some forms of of, of, legal protection and said you can take your chick parmesan and shove it go eat somewhere else we don't want you in our restaurant i said earlier i've never walked into a restaurant in my life not even one time and had someone tell me sorry boy don't serve your kind here pro-abortion democrats have had that experience Think about that. Let's show the people headline number two. Remind them what this one is. Sounds like some people would think this might be the one. Uh, Where is this from? Biden says one thing, Harris another, in botched White House Ukrainian response. I believe there's an image hiding somewhere that goes along with this headline. Let's show it to these people. It's a fake! So those of you who thought number two was the fake, you are correct. And that leaves headline number three. Let's show everybody headline number three, Handsome Creed. Nope, not it. We just covered that one. No, you're showing the images. Well, okay, we'll go straight to the image. That's fine. Daily active users fall for the first time in 18-year history. This was headline, what I say, number, four, uh, number three, and that is true, and that is music to my ears, candy to my eyes. I have been ringing the bell long and strong that if you are a conservative and it's still on Facebook – you are your you are your own. Uh, what's the word? Uh, your your own. Um, oh, I can't think of the word. Would you say when uh, you say something to do the other? I can't think of it. Facebook is is communistic. It is beyond censoring at this point. I mean they banned the sitting president of the United States. You know as well as I do that if you post anything on Facebook tonight, and I'm not on Facebook, so I can't. If you post anything tonight challenging the very idea that these inoculations, injections, jabs, vaccines, whatever you want to call them, are anything other than good for you, good for everybody, you're banned. Okay, you can't even you can't even touch that. Facebook has broken up conservative groups. I used to run one of them, censored us, banned us. They are an unregistered Democrat Party super PAC. That's all Facebook is. And if you are on Facebook, the clicks that you are providing them or the clicks they're getting as a result of the activity is helping to fund that organization, which is working to destroy everything you believe in everything that you hold near and dear about truth liberty and the american way they are opposed to and you are helping them to tear down what the founding fathers built up because you're addicted to that social media platform just say no ladies and gentlemen you can find Uncle Tom Talks on conservative-daily.com. If you're not a member, you should be. On Rumble, just go to Uncle Tom Talks, all one word. On DLive, same thing, Uncle Tom Talks, all one word. Twitch, same thing. And Telegram, t.me slash Uncle Tom Talks. t.me slash Uncle Tom Talks. There it is right there. Please send a text. Text FREEDOM. FREEDOM. 2-8 nine five one seven wherever you get this podcast delivered apple you know all the different services whatever please give me a positive review start pumping it up uncle tom talks i would be thrilled to have 50 100 200 500 followers as i sit here and do my very best to break down the truth and as you saw in the ticker You can email my nonprofit organization. That email will get to me sooner or later if you have an upcoming event. Lincoln Day dinners are right around the corner, Uh, stuff like that, and you're searching for a keynote speaker. I will come there, wherever there is. I love getting on the road and talking to patriots about the truth that the United States of America, while not perfect, is the best game in town. And that is why American Delta, and the rest sell very few one-way international tickets. This has been Uncle Tom Talks. Derek Wilburn, I will catch you live next Tuesday. Thank you for joining us with Uncle Tom Talks this Thursday. We're going to be hitting you live next Tuesday. It's been a wonderful time having you here, and we are here to preach the truth. God bless, and we'll see you soon.